the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is made possible through the sponsorship of the Word of Life Bible Fellowship and through the generous giving of faithful donors like you. If you would like to learn more about our ministry, you can visit us at awordforlife.com. Welcome to A Word for Life. A Word for Life is the radio ministry of the Word of Life Bible Fellowship, located in Tacoma, Washington. And now, here's Pastor Michael Fields with A Word for Life. In other, in other words, in other words, the moment I realize that pressure or stress is starting to come upon me, I need to cast that off me as quickly as possible. I don't sit there and say, well, let me think about this. Well, let me deal with this. Well, let me just ponder over this. Well, let me just allow the pressure to mount and build up and get more and more and more and more on me. Let me just let that happen. No, P- Peter says, cast it off you. Get that off you. As soon as you realize pressure is coming, as soon as you feel the tension, the stress starting to mount in your life, Peter says, get it off you as quickly as possible. Don't just get it off you. Cast it to Jesus. Direct it toward the Savior. Get it off of you. Lord, I can't handle this. You take it. Stress on your job. Lord, I can't handle this. You take it. Stress in your marriage. Lord, I can't handle I can't deal with this. You take that. Stress with your kids, Lord, I don't know what to do. Lord, you handle this. Stress with your finances, the money's acting funny. Lord, I don't know what to do. You take care of this. You help me with this. You don't allow the pressure to build up. You don't allow the stress to continue. You just give it to Jesus. Lord, have mercy. Some of y'all, you've been letting stuff build up in your lives. Build up and just mount up and, and it's causing ulcers and, and heart palpitations and, and all kinds of other things. You're, you're stressing, your head is hurting all the time. You, 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 your hair is getting, going like mine from black to gray. I mean, all kinds of bad things is happening. And you're wondering, Lord, why is all this happening? And the Lord is looking at you saying, why are you continuing to hold on to that? Why are you continuing just to hold on to that? I told you, give that to me. I told you a long time ago, give that to me. Let me, t- let me send my servant, Pastor Fields, to remind you fr- afresh, give that to the Lord. Stop holding on to that stuff. Give it to the Lord. 
He says, I'll take it from you. I'll do with it what you can't do yourself. I'll help you with it. Where stress was, I'll give you peace. Where confusion was, I'll give you direction. Where frustration was, I'll give you, I'll give you rest. Just give that to me. Lord have mercy. And so, and so there was, we see here, the Lord says, cast all that, give that to me. But let's, let's go back to John. Let's go back. Let's go back to John. Because notice what we're told in verse three. John says, Jesus, knowing that the father had given all things into his hand and that he was come from God and went to God. He was come from God and went to God. Now, dear ones, John here tells us three very important things about the level of awareness that Jesus had concerning both his identity and his purpose, because he lets us know that Jesus fully knew he fully knew what he had. The text says he knew that God had given all things into his hand. So he fully knew what he had. He fully knew where he came from. The text says he knew that he came from God. And then the third thing was he fully had full awareness and understanding of where he was going. He says that he was going back to his father. So Jesus knew what he had. He knew where he came from and he knew where he was going. And it was this level of awareness and assurance and assurance that Jesus had concerning both his identity and his purpose that enabled him to then be able to serve others in a way that he is about to serve them in a way that is selfless, humble, assured and confident. Lord, have mercy. Dear ones, dear ones, do you really know who you are? Do you know who you are? I'm not talking about your name. I'm not about, you know, know, Michael Fields or Kenneth Jefferson. No, no, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about do you know who you are as far as who God created you to be? Do you know who you are? Do you know what you have? Do you know what you have? But but Pastor, I don't have much. Or some people think they have a whole bunch. Are Are you certain? Do you really know what you have? The third question, there was, is do you know where you come from? Oh, I come from the South. I come from, no, 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 I ain't asking you that. <laughs> I, ain't, I, ain't, I come from the East Coast. I ain't asking you that. That's not where you come from. Do you know where you came from? Amen. And the fourth question, there was, is do you know where you're going? Do you know where you're going? Are you sure you know where you're going? Because, dear ones, the answers to these questions are critical to our ability to even begin to understand both our identity in the Lord, who we as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ and children of the Most High God, who we really are. And it is critical to our understanding of the purpose that the Lord has for our lives, the whys and the how comes for why the Lord has made us the way that he has and ordained certain things for our lives. The, 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 our ability to answer those, quest, those types of questions is critical, it's key. And dear ones, much of the brokenness, much of the dysfunction, much of the confusion and the uncertainty that we see running rampant in our society, it stems from 
a person's inability to accurately and adequately answer these four questions. As you look around society, dear ones, as you look around all that is going on in our society with the gender confusion issue, with with with, uh, uh, you know, the, the treatment of the immigrant, the whole immigration issue with with just all these various things going on in our society. As you look around, dear ones, a lot of those things, a lot of what we're dealing with, it stems from our inability as a culture to answer correctly and adequately or give answers correctly and adequate answers to these four questions. Who am I? What do I have? Where do I come from? And where am I going? Those four questions. Who am I? Who am I? Am I an immigrant? Am I a United States citizen? Am I, what, who am I? Or am I a person who has been created in the image and likeness of God? Regardless of where I come from. Am I a person who has been created in the image and likeness of God? Who am I? What do I have? Not my money, not my status, not my education. No, what do I really have? What's really within my ability? And, who, and where did all that come from? Where do I come from? Where do I come from? Not East Coast, West Coast, South Side, North Side. No, 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 no. Where, where, where do I really come from? Where is my origin? Where did I originate from? Not my parents. I didn't originate with my parents. I had to, because they originated from someplace. So there's got to be a place of original, original origin, Uh, uh, ultimate origin. Let me say ultimate origin. There's got to be some place where everything had a start. And then the fourth question, where am I going? When this is all over, where am I going? What's my destination? I'm going someplace. Everybody's going someplace. Do you know where you're going? And what our culture needs to hear afresh from the church is the invitation that the Lord gives to each and every one of us in the book of Matthew. And that's, so let's look there real quickly. Matthew, the 11th chapter. This is what the church needs to begin to say one more time. And we need to say it afresh. And we need to, we need to begin to teach and to preach as if we firmly believe this ourselves. We need, to, we need to begin to teach and to preach as if we firmly believe this ourselves. I, I, heard, I, heard, I heard one person say it this way. Preach like, you're, like you're on, preach like you're on fire. Preach like you're on fire. Because when, 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 whenever they have a fire someplace, guess what, guess what happens? Whenever you have a fire someplace, you always draw a crowd. People always come to see a fire. They just come out and watch, just to watch. It draws a crowd. You should be preaching or teaching. You should be sharing the gospel like you're on fire because you will draw a crowd. People will want to hear what you have to say. This invitation, Jesus said, basically says, share this like you're on fire. Okay. Like it really matters, like you really believe it yourself. Notice what we're told. Matthew, the 11th chapter, starting at verse 28, he says, Jesus says, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, yeah. Yeah. and I will give you rest. Do you know how many people in our society need rest? Amen. Do you know how restless our culture is right now? 
how unrestful and une- at unease our culture is? You tell, you help them understand. You, Jesus says, come to me and I'll give you rest. Notice what he says. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart and you shall find rest unto your souls. Is that word rest again? For my yoke is easy yeah. and my burden is light. The theologian St. Augustine said it this way, dear ones, and I'm moving on to my next point. He said it this way. Our hearts are restless, O Lord, until they find their rest in you. Our hearts are restless. We'll go try things. We'll do things. But there's no rest in those things. Our hearts will only find real rest when when it is found in a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We will get back to Pastor Fields and to today's message in just a moment. But we wanted to take a moment to share with all of you that the aim of our radio ministry at the Word of Life Bible Fellowship is to share the good news of Jesus Christ with as many people as possible and to strengthen and edify the body of Christ through Bible teaching that is both clear and relevant. We would like to see this ministry go even farther in accomplishing this work But in order for us to be able to do that, we need your help. If you are able, after you have given to the support of your own local home church, if you are able to help us with the cost of airing this program on the station, we would greatly appreciate it. All donations are tax deductible, and they can be sent to the Word of Life Bible Fellowship, P.O. Box 8903, Tacoma, Washington, 98418. And if you would like to learn more about our ministry and be able to listen to some of the archived messages from Pastor Fields, you can do so by visiting us at our website, which is awordforlife.com. And now, let's get back to Pastor Fields and to today's message. You to help them understand. You, Jesus says, come to me and I'll give you rest. Amen. Notice what he says. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart and you shall find rest unto your souls. Is that word rest again? For my yoke is easy yeah. and my burden is light. Amen. The theologian St. Augustine said it this way, dear ones, and I'm moving on to my next point. He said it this way. Our hearts are restless, O Lord until they find their rest in you. Amen. Our hearts are restless. Yes. We, we, we're, we, we'll go try things, we'll do things, but there's no rest in those things. Amen. Our hearts will only find real rest when, they are fa- when it is found in a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. But back in John, back in John, let, let's, let's go a little farther for the day that we'll be done. Notice what we're told in verses 4 and 5. He says... Jesus rises from supper and laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself. After that, he pours water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Now, dear ones, as you read the word of God, one of the things that you will become aware of as you read the scriptures is you will become aware of the fact that at times you will come across certain scenes or certain things that are 
spoken of in the scriptures where you will struggle to find words to adequately and accurately describe or explain or, or depict what it is that you're seeing. Amen. And this is one of them. Another example would be the time if you if, where the scriptures talk about how 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 Mary, the mother of Jesus, how she bore Jesus. So you have a, you struggle to depict and, and accurately and correctly describe for somebody how the creator of all things is a baby who's being nursed by the very person he created. You're the creator, and you're being nursed by the one you created. You, you struggle to find words to accurately describe the picture. Amen. We have another example of that here, because we see Jesus washing the disciples' feet. Amen. Wait, hold on, hold on. Wait, slow, slow down, slow down. Jesus is washing the disciples' feet. Now, now, dear ones, this point is driven home even more forcefully and dramatically for us as we take into account several things. One thing is that in the culture of their day, it was the responsibility of the lowest ranking servant within a household to be the one who washed the feet of those who came into that house. And so Jesus here is doing the job of the lowest ranking person in that group. Yes, sir. It was the responsibility of the lowest ranking servant to wash the feet of everybody else. Yes, Jesus is doing that himself. But there was another thing that we have to take into consideration is that the feet of the people that Jesus is now washing are the same feet of the people that he has been feeding, directing, protecting, and providing for, for the last three years. Amen. Yes. So Je Jesus is washing their feet, and Jesus was the one, as I said earlier, that rebuked the wind and told the sea to calm down. Jesus is the one that fed the multitude, including the twelve. Yes. Twice, Jesus is the one that did these things. Jesus is the one that, that, that cast the demon out of the demon-possessed man when he attacked all of them. Jesus did these things. He is now washing the feet of the people that he has been protecting, providing for, guiding and directing for the last three years. Lord have mercy. And then thirdly, dear ones, thirdly, the disciples of Jesus had a long-running debate among them concerning who was going to be the greatest among them. There was a long-running debate that they had. Who's the greatest? Who, who's going to be number one? Who's going to sit on the Lord's right hand and on his left hand in heaven? Who, who is that going to be? And so Jesus could have easily narrowed the field of options down real quickly by just selecting one or two of them saying, you're going to wash somebody's feet. Because whoever's going to be greatest, it ain't you. <laughs> it ain't you. He could have easily just narrowed the field down. Yeah. Yeah, John, sorry, you ain't going to be greatest. Wash some feet. Or, or, or Peter, <laughs> sorry, yeah, but somebody got to wash feet. So, so Jesus could have easily narrowed that down. But dear ones, instead of doing any of those things, Jesus chooses himself to do the job and take on the responsibility that was the responsibility 
of the lowest servant of all. And so, dear ones, you have the creator of everything washing the feet of the very ones he created. You, you, you have the designer of all things washing the feet of those he designed. You have the, 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 the sovereign master of all washing the feet of his servants. And you have the king of all kings washing the feet of his subjects. Amen. Lord have mercy. And dear ones, to see the Lord Jesus doing something like this, dear ones, it forces us to ask ourselves the question, what is it that I'm unwilling to do in my efforts to serve somebody else? Amen. What, what, what is it? What am I unwilling to do? What, 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 what limit or, 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 you know, artificial limit have I set for myself concerning what I am willing to do? In order to serve somebody else. Amen. Who set that limit? Where did that limit come from? Amen. What does that limit originate from? It, it, why is it that I am unwilling to do certain things? In my, will, in my efforts to serve other people. So, yeah, I, I have no problem serving you. As long as you don't ask me to do that. Yeah. I, have no problem do, I have no problem helping. As long as you don't require that of me. I, 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 I'll be there. I'm 100% in as long as we ain't doing that. Because we start doing that, I got to go. I, can't, I, I, I just can't do that. What limit? We see here a picture of Jesus, the sovereign king of all, washing the feet of the very ones he created. If Jesus can humble himself to that degree, we have to ask ourselves the question, dear ones, What's, what's holding you back? What's holding me back? What, what, what is it? What, why is it that we're not willing to follow the example of our Lord and our Savior? So, 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 dear ones, as we continue on with the text, notice what we're told. Verse 6, it says, Then cometh he to Simon Peter, and Peter saith unto him, Lord, do you wash my feet? So, so, so Jesus is washing feet, you know, and it says, then he came to Simon Peter. So obviously there were some people that he washed before he got to Peter. So he washes John's feet. He washes Matthew's feet. He washes Nathaniel's feet. Then he comes to Peter and Peter, you know, Peter pulls his feet back. Lord, you, 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 you trying to wash my feet? I see you washing everybody else's feet. I, I understand, you know, if, if, if they're willing to allow you to do that, that's fine. But Lord, you can wash my feet. And so there is some reluctance, some hesitance that Peter shows. And there was, and notice what it says, verse 9, verse 8, I should say. Peter says, Peter said that, I'm sorry, verse 7. He says, Jesus answered and said unto him, what I do thou knowest not now, but you shall know hereafter. So in other words, he tells Peter, Peter, you don't know what I'm doing right now. You don't fully understand. But in time, you will understand. In time, it will be revealed to you. And you'll, you'll gain an understanding of why I'm doing it this way and what I am doing. Verse 8, Peter saith unto him, you shall never wash my feet. Now, now notice Peter doesn't say, Peter doesn't say, no, not right now. Or, or Lord, you know, I, I, I don't really want that right now. Or could we do this later? Peter says, you will never wash my feet. That will not happen. It will not happen. That's just not going to take place. 
you will never wash my feet. But notice the Lord's response to Peter. Notice what he says. Jesus answered, if I wash you not, you have no part with me. Peter, I know you're reluctant for this to happen. I know you don't want this to happen. But let me tell you something. If you don't let me do this, you have no part with me. This three-year relationship that we've had with one another, it ends here. At this point, at this situation, either you're going to allow this to happen or you have to leave. Lord have mercy. Notice what Peter says, verse 10. So Jesus said unto him, oh, I'm sorry, verse 9. Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. In other words, I, if you're going to be like that, Jesus, just give me a bath. I, I, need, I just need you to wash everything. Just, 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 just go to work. Just wash everything. Dear ones, this is Pastor Michael Fields, and here at the end of today's broadcast, I just wanted to take a moment and say thank you to all of you for taking the time out of your day to tune in and listen to our program. My hope is that today's broadcast has been a blessing to you in some way and has helped you in your walk and in your relationship with the Lord. And I want to encourage all of you to tell a friend about this program and join us here next time as we look into the riches of God's Word in order to find a word for life. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.